0: So let's start with this. So this is the Capoeira in Canada podcast. And with us, I have Contra Pirata from Montreal, Quebec. Um, now you'll have to forgive me because I don't know which suburb of Montreal you're in. So maybe you can tell
1: us. Uh, I'm in Montreal directly. I, I teach in Pointe Claire, which is a, a suburb on, uh, on the island, but it's a little bit out. But uh, I live in Montreal.
0: Ah, okay. Okay, cool. Awesome. So first off, thank you. Um we've known each other for quite some time. And this was uh, as I was telling you before we got started, you know, um just a out of boredom COVID project. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spawned yeah, by <laughs> sparked by a few other ideas that were going on. Um
1: while well, I've been but thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking of me and including me in this. It's uh I'm okay. honored. Thank you so much.
0: No problem, no problem. Um it's important because well, for the people who hopefully start listening to this and watching this, the idea behind this uh, was basically to reach out to everybody I've either connected with or reconnected with over the past four years, it's been four, almost five years now, four years, um, and and talk about uh, who you are, you know, why you started teaching and, you know, and... You know we've um, what uh, what challenges do you face in, in running an academy, and we can um, you know basically kind of like who is Contra Mesti Pirata, and you know what does he do? I, I'm not going to say I, I won't go down the who's your daddy and what does he do path, but <laughs> but I want to keep it light. It's not, you know we can you know if if, if we can just let's have a good time, relax, and, and so yeah, tell us. Um, you know, who is Conto Pirata? When did he get started in Capoeira? What's, you know, how long has it been to, for you to get to where you are today?
1: Okay. Well, um, I've always had a passion for martial arts. Uh, I started doing martial arts when I was uh, maybe five-ish years old with my dad. Uh, he took me to um, this dojo uh, where he was practicing so I started practicing with him. It was Taekwondo Judo and uh, traditional Jiu Jitsu at the time all in the same, uh, the same group. So I did that for a while and uh, you know growing up uh, I got out of it, uh, got back in got out again. Then I got a lot into dancing right I discovered uh, uh, the hip hop dancing right I was already some, a friend of mine, a cousin of mine actually um, was um, having me listen to some music. So first time I started hearing hip-hop uh, in, in the 80s, early 80s, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then he'd show me a few dance steps and uh, I started from there. So I got into dance a lot more, uh, never really stopped. So I've been teaching dance, choreographing, uh, doing comp- competition stuff like that. And at some point while I was teaching, um, I was uh, um, I saw a video of a, of a show in Brazil, the show Oba Oba. So I saw that I was like, "What is this that they're doing?" Like the kicks are so fast, Uh, incredible movements, uh, acrobatics. I was like, "Wow, this is this is insane!" Then I saw it again in the movie Only the Strong uh, in '94, Mm -hmm. '94, '95. Uh, uh, Like most numbers and capoeiristas, that's how I really discovered capoeira, Uh, and I was like, "Okay, I need to learn that. This is what I need to learn." And maybe two, three years after, I found. I found a school. So um, a, a friend of mine had uh, found uh, a little let uh, me call it a little piece of paper on a on a on a, on a post outside uh, saying Capoeira. So okay, cool. Right back then, <laughs> on the internet that much, yeah. Right. So, yeah, uh, for so sure. Got, yeah. So he gave me that. I called the number. I went to check it out, and uh, I was like, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for." So I joined and uh, never stopped. Uh, so that's how I came into Capoeira. I uh, discovered it through movies, shows, uh, even video games like Tekken, right? At the first I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> so uh, that's how I discovered Capoeira and got into it. Um, I've been doing it since 97. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's become like uh, this passion, right? I like can't, can't get away from it. Uh, I, I love it so much. There's so many elements that, that can keep you hooked, right? Whether it's... Uh, the, the movements that are interesting the uh, the conversation you have with other people in the movements in the game in the HADA, Um once you start to understand the lang the language uh, you really you really start to feel the, the the music and the songs and you get into that so there's so many aspects to, to, to draw you in right so it's a it's a complete art form it has everything it's uh, I make this parallel often it's a very much like hip hop culture like uh, the same kind of elements I was actually reflecting upon that uh this week um because you know how in hip hop they have uh, the four elements or five actually uh, which is the djing the the dancing which is breaking the DMcing, MCing, the rappers and um the the graffiti artists which are the writers mm-hmm. um there is very close similarities in the elements right so in capoeira you have the movement the jogo and different and and then then you have different ways of playing right The aggressive game light game playful game Acrobatic gang. driven by yeah. the
0: rhythms right driven by the different talkies that we that we have to
1: understand exactly then the DJing side would be The material <clears throat> you have all the different rhythms that you can play the variations that you'll do in your music uh, The singing so there's a lot of similarities even in the way that we do our things like we're in circles all the time so so many parallels parallels to be drawn so so yes, so there's, there's just so much to draw somebody in. Like you can get into so many of these spheres and be like, you can't get bored. There's there's always something. There's right?
0: always something to learn, right? The, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, when you started, was were did you start um, with Messepanina? Was he the one of the like founding caporises of Montreal? Would you say or
1: no? When I started. Um, it was very little capoeira in montreal when i started when i started there was uh ayana which was my first teacher okay um he had been in montreal for not long maybe uh between six months to a year i think uh that he was there so uh, i started with him and i know there was an little group um uh back then that i heard of uh and that was it in montreal there was only these two groups mm. um there had been capoeira before which i found out later on there was uh, Aldo, who's in boston now uh he used to be teaching in montreal way back when like uh, in the 80s uh right?
0: okay. okay
1: 80s or early 90s but uh, yeah he used to be teaching here before right. um i met him only much 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 later so when i started were only two groups the younger group uh I don't know if they had a name back then because they've been they've been through a lot of changes as well, um, and uh, and us, and from there then it started getting different. Uh, more people came in. People split, started different groups, uh, stuff like that. Other people came in. Um, so yeah. So Mespinia, I only met him in uh, when was it? I think it was in maybe two thousand. Two thousand one, I think. Had
0: to have been the early two thousands because I do remember. Um, two thousand five <laughs> was the first time I visited the uh, Equipe Capoeira Brazil Academy. You guys were right downtown uh, Montreal, yeah. right? And um, yeah, there, there's a lot of fun stories from that event. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so, the group that we were back then was uh, Associação de Capoeira Novos Baianos. Uh, okay. That's from Brasilia. Um, but our teacher in Montreal, Aena, he he used the name Capoeira Paul Brasil. So, that's the name that we would use, even though we still had the, the patch on our Abadas. So, we didn't really know much back then. Like, we had the patch, we had the name. We didn't really know what, what the patch represented. Like, it, we didn't have that conversation about, okay, we're part of this lineage or whatever. It wasn't really there um out of these people that were training back then in the fir- in the first iteration of our group there's me and hook who were like the two eldest ones okay. uh, and hook is still here today yes yes so um, it's it's funny how everything is in a pyramid right but, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people at the bottom <laughs> and a few at the top yep um so in 2000 2001 um Mespinier was invited to montreal for an event and it coincided with, um, this, not the split, but our teacher leaving the group that he was in, leaving the mestre that he was in to affiliate himself with the, the mestre that uh, mestre Pena was under. So he affiliated himself with the mestre Oscar from uh, Escola Brasileira. And uh, from there, it was a big, big drastic change in our in our capoeira and everything. Um, to me personally, the way that I saw it, it felt like we were, um, what's the term that I'm looking for? Um, in French, it's academically, but uh, framed like everything was uh, uh, clarified, right? I see. Uh is like this, not like that. Your arm should be here, not just completely freestyle. Like before, a lot of stuff was a bit too freestyle. You need that element too, but it was a bit so too much. So there was
0: there was more more direction to explain the intent and the the purpose of mm-hmm. a lot of the movement, as opposed yes. to just making it look good.
1: Yeah. So a, a lot of things were clarified, the techniques. Uh, so our games and our movements become a lot more technical than what we were, what we were doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, not to the extent that it would we would lose on creativity in the game, but it gave us a much needed uh, correction in the way that we would do things to, to fully understand, to, to understand better, actually. So that was a big change. It was a good need a change uh we all evolve from that even best uh, uh who's Mestrando now um he he his capoeira changed a lot he had to adapt because he's already a teacher right so mm-hmm. from from teaching one way from one lineage and then completely at one point changing everything uh that you're doing to adapt to a somewhat different style it's it's, a, it's hard work you have to assimilate that in order to be able to transmit it to your students afterwards so it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a big, um, it's a big, uh, leap and a big challenge. So he did that. Uh, it was good for him. Good for us. Um, so we were part of that group. And then later in, uh, I think 2003, between 2003 and five, um, I don't know the exact year. I think it's 2003. There was a split in the Scala Brasilia. It was, um, like every group, every group has their, their issues or problems. And, uh, some people left and uh, some people stayed and the people who left, uh, most of them became what we know today as a Equipe Capoeira Brasileira, so went to a name change again, like nothing changed in our capoeira because it was mm-hmm. the same thing, it's just a different direction and um, yeah, so nice. that's, that's what it is.
0: So, that's a little bit about the history of Equipe Capoeira Brasileira, um, what about you, um, at what point did you decide to or, or maybe you didn't decide um, you know when did, when was the time for pirata to do, kind of to start teaching on his own
1: mm-hmm. on my own uh, i started teaching on my own in 2007 um no 2008 i think yeah uh yeah it was my choice i always wanted to teach at one point um at one point i always wanted to teach when I, when, I, when i would get to the right moment but um, I had started teaching um, out of necessity. My teacher would ask me to teach. I started teaching way too early. Mm-hmm. But I asked, my teacher asked me to teach, right? Like, uh, he needed to cover more classes. And mm-hmm. later in life, after we learn, I'm like, oh, I was not ready to teach back then. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> but that was back, back in the days when we were in um, Brazil. Uh, after we changed, it was like, okay, yeah, uh, everything got into perspective. It was like, okay. Good thing we did not get the next corda because mm-hmm. that would have put us somewhere where we'd be like, you know, a whack instructor, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it took, it took a lot more time to get our next cords. So um, I got my formato cord in 2007 and in 2008 is when I started teaching. Um, I actually started teaching um, after I had left the group for a few months. Uh, some, you know, some things were, were going on that mm-hmm. I pleased with, so I decided to take a break from the group, or not take a break, but actually leave the group, um, and I started teaching on my own. Um, I had, uh, no, I I had the graduation to do it, so I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I went to start teaching. Um, I did that for maybe three years, uh, I think, about about three years. I stopped in 2011 because uh, I decided to go back to school, university. Mm-hmm. So it was taking too much time and, uh, and investment, so I stopped and uh, started over again in 2015. So um, I had left the group. Um, then I went to a party with some people from Capoeira, and Ms. Pinier was there. <laughs> and uh, he was like, yo, we don't talk. How come uh, we don't talk no more? What's going on, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you have to come back. So I explained to him what my issue was, because my issue was not with him. So I explained to him what the issue was, and uh, we cleared it up, and um, we cleared the air. And uh, the academy was going through some changes as well, and uh, um, that's pretty much what the time where he completely took control of the academy. And uh, I went back after that. Uh, and then I've I've been w- with him ever since. Nice. Um, and then when I started, so I had stopped teaching, and I started again in 2015. Because I was finishing university, so uh, I started teaching again. But this time, I decided to go to the west island of Montreal. Because I was I was downtown, close to every other academy that's there or every other group that's that's already there. Right. And it was working fine, but I find it saturated. Yes. Like, there's some Montreal's not huge, but there's still so many options in a in, in a close space. Of, like anybody who wants to start teaching capoeira, like why would you put yourself in that spot, right? There's already so many options that there's not much left of the market. Yeah. So, and I don't think about it as market because it's not to me. It's not. It's not a a job. Like it's that's not what's putting. That's not what's paying my rent or putting food on my. For sure. Right. For sure. So. But we yeah, always have
0: to. Something I've discovered over the past couple of years is we have to, still maintain a. Um, while it's not our bread and butter, we still need to understand and treat it with a bit of a business perspective.
1: Yeah, that right. too. You still got to be professional about it. You got to treat it the same way as if it's a business because you need to do publicity, you need to advertise, you need to bring in people So, cause, and or else you're you're paying the rent of your pay rent. Your <laughs> yeah, <this is> <laughs> so all these factors, they, they, all that factors in. So... I went, so I decided to go to the West Island. It's something that I had thought a long time ago uh, when I first started. Oh, I, one day I'll be a teacher. I'd like to go teach in that area, and so I went up and I, I did it. And uh, I've been teaching there consistently since two thousand and fifteen, um, and it's working well. You know, it's always the same, the same thing. Like like a lot, of, a lot of couple of teachers will be in that in that that situation where um, you don't quite have enough students to pay for your rent or whatever. So for me, some of it comes out of my own pocket, but not so much. Right? Again, it's an acceptable amount, so uh, so I cover the rest. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. subsidize, it the subsidize
0: things a little bit until it grows, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get it. I get it for sure. Um, so tell us about some of... Uh, what have been some of your greatest challenges in starting and, and maintaining the academy uh, since you've gone huh. to West Island?
1: The greatest challenges were to just to get your name out there, right? To, to, to get people to see you. Because back in the day, um, every, publicity was a lot easier. You put an ad in a paper mm. or put up, put up some flyers in the street or whatever, and word of mouth, pass some flyers, and people would find out, and poof, you would get a, a rush of people coming in to, to see, and then the, the rest would just work itself for that kind of uh, activity um but now in the age of internet and facebook and uh and everything else uh, instagram everybody's doing their publicities there and i feel when it first started it worked very well right put your ads on facebook or whatever yeah but yeah now <laughs> you put it on, on facebook it's like anything else like it just gets lost into the into whatever so unless you're like um nike <laughs> or whatever right. right you'll put an ad you have the money to invest and you'll reach everyone and Fine, but for this kind of service uh, unless you're a conglomerate or whatever I don't think it's, like, it's, it's it's it works for us it works for the community only like if you have an event mm. like you put up your event on Facebook you make a publicity for it or whatever yeah because you're gonna work. have
0: people like on on your well we've we talked about social media in particular which is pretty much the biggest driver these days for advertising uh-huh. um, yeah like most times you know, any of your all your social media presence the majority of your followers are going to be those people who are already involved with the Capoeira community in one way or another, right? They're not, uh, they're not people typically, they're not people who uh, are aware that it's available. You know, I've, um, I've encountered similar challenges as well in ways that has helped. um, uh, But yeah, like I, I, I hear you with respect to the, you know, the amount of, funding required to make that, uh, functional for an academy at our level, Yeah, you know, unless some reason you get lucky and you won the the provincial lottery and now you can, (laughs) you can throw away, you know, uh, a couple thousand dollars or whatever. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely difficult
1: for sure. You definitely at, at this stage until you, you have, let's say an academy, Cause to me i don't have an academy like I, I teach i rent time in a in a in an existing dojo yep. or dance studio or whatever and i think that's the easiest option because to invest and in actually have an academy that's a lot more sacrifice um mm-hmm. you need to work three four five times more to get your publicity out there to get in those students <clears throat> and that stress will also affect um for some people will affect the the job right because now you're worried about ranch you're worried about this you're worried about that so money is constantly on your mind so sometimes there's compromises that can happen with uh, the way that you teach or how you teach or what you teach or because I, I mean i've seen it in some people where uh some people w- would behave one way in a class it's like like Ooh, you would get your ass kicked for that right <laughs> and for some reason like certain things can slide sometimes uh so so, yeah, so, um, but you still have to invest so much. So, you have to calculate your time, uh, uh, not your time because you don't pay yourself, right? But when you have an academy, yes. But when you don't, um, all the time that you invest in, in doing it, your gas to go from point A to point B, from work to there to back home, uh, the website that you have to keep maintaining, the publicity you have to, 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 to pay for, or yeah. anything else, your rent. Uh, it's a second uniforms. job. It's a it second is. job. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Whether you have an academy or not, you're investing a lot more than. <laughs> and, you're uh, you're investing a lot and, more and
0: than the, the, you know the other students who are just going to class and and then, yep. and then you have you know people. I think some people forget that, you know, um, you know, uh, like in my case, you know, I still feel as though, um, I'm still. Responsible for myself to continue learning under Mese Lua, right? So uh, I, you know, in teaching my own classes, and then, um, mm-hmm. but I'm still attending classes with Mese Lua. So, mm-hmm. you know, so there's there's that as well, and then all the other overhead of maintaining and, and trying to publicize and get out the word out in your own community, yeah. right? That you exist and that it's available, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty interesting. Um, Let's talk about this is this is one that I that was kind of an interesting question that, that that came to mind to myself and you know for someone like you who has you know for the most part well I mean I would say most likely since the late 90s and up until now you, you know which has pretty much been the the evolution of the capoeira scene here in uh, in in Canada you know how do you think or do you believe that there, you know, has Canadian culture had any influence on Capoeira, and and how so, if it has? At least hmm. within within Canada, at least within acad- the, the the academies within Canada, do you see a difference,
1: or has there been an influence in your mind? Um, and yeah, there is some influence, I think. Uh, how much of that? is uh well the influence that i think is there is maybe the side that's a bit more um democratic mm. right um because i remember starting capoeira or seeing how it was in brazil for the times that i've been um mestre says one thing that's it right like there's no discussion <laughs> um it's also a good thing because if everybody starts to put their grain of salt it's like you, you you're not going to get nowhere right you need a need a balance right? For people to, to understand. But um, I think being here, from what I saw from the changes uh, that, that I've noticed, is that um, w- maybe you have a bit more freedom to to, to to speak your mind or to make suggestions or to, to maybe ask more questions uh, in class or even, even in private afterwards, right? Uh, um, I think mostly that would be the change that I've that i would say korean or north american culture has had on capoeira um the other stuff that we might think of i think it's maybe just stereotypical things that people think and it's like it's not actually that right so but uh, i think those are the main changes that I, or ways that it was affected i think besides that i can't really think of anything that uh, the culture here would have influenced capoeira into
0: now let's flip the coin. Let's take it from the other perspective. Do you think that those people who have who have sought after, like those Canadians who have sought after Capoeira, um, have you seen or can you think of uh, ways that maybe Capoeira has influenced or Capoeira culture, Brazilian culture, has as influenced them as Canadians? Mm. Let's talk about uh, you, for instance. You know, since you're. You know, like, do you think it's how do you think it's changed your uh, or influenced you in any way um, otherwise that or in, in ways that Canadian culture would not have otherwise influenced you?
1: Um, I think the way that Brazilian ca- that culture has influenced me is uh, or let's say capoeira and that uh, it's um, in the perspective in the way to see things. Um to have a bit more, um, how can I say, uh, not to be distrustful, but uh, always have your eye open, mm-hmm. right? a bit mm-hmm. street smart. <laughs> so you, <don't> know what, <laughs> you turn your back, you know what's going to happen, right? To always have that in the back of your mind, that, yeah. uh, you know, always always that, because in Nevada, that's what happens. If you're not looking, well, something can happen. It's too bad for you if you're the, the one not looking.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, To me, it's opened me up to more things culturally, uh, as far as the dancing, the singing. Singing is something I would never have done in my life, for the (laughs) life of me. Never would have thought me singing anything. Capoeira, (laughs) Capoeira brought me to sing and enjoy it and love doing it and writing songs and singing and, and, and just going at it so yeah has done that thing. As,
0: so that's a big yeah you know, well and at some point as as young earnest students you know when we, when we pick up that pandero and stand up at the batteria and then suddenly you got you get that look right and you're like oh damn i'm i'm supposed to sing now you don't have much of a choice right right yeah. it, it, you know it's uh or when you're standing on the edge of the hoda it's no different than you know as a as a young student standing on the edge of the hoda and, and one of the older students comes up behind you and kind of just puts their hand on, on your back and, and is like, "Come on, you're going in. Let's go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really have much of a choice,
1: do you? At a certain yeah. point." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can either do it just to get it out of the way, but to mm-hmm. actually do it and 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 fully appreciate it and and then start to, you no, know, I want to go sing, right? Like I miss singing in the huta now. Yeah, yeah. When all I this think, is going on, like, and I want. It, I just want to grab a beating bow and go sing and have. Have, the, have
0: that going on. I want to, yeah, and you touched on this in the beginning when we were talking, like, when when it comes down to um, when you start to really learn the language so that you can truly understand what you're singing about, right? Uh-huh. And then you start to, uh, you start to identify situations that you can now relate to songs. You can say, oh, you know what? This is a good song for this moment right now or, You've, exactly. got, you know, you've got some friends that enter the Hada and you're like, you know what, I've been waiting for this person to step in. I've got something I want to say to you through this song, right? Yep. But that doesn't happen until until that language connection is made, right? Exactly. And, uh, and that's, I think, pr- probably, um, I mean, there's a lot of physical hurdles for anybody to learn, but for North Americans or anybody who's non-Portuguese speaking, that's probably got to be the, the next biggest hurdle. But when that happens, when you when you step through that door or, you know, when you connect those two pieces, like the, the appreciation and the understanding, more so the understanding um, uh-huh. of what you're saying and how it relates to the situation and then knowing what to say in the right times, right? You know, in exactly. the right situation, right? Um that changes
1: it makes me think of a, think of a saying that uh, i heard someone saying i was like yeah it, it makes a lot of sense it's, it's it's something that used to be brought forth more is that when you're singing in the hada, whether you have an instrument or not whether you're beginner or more advanced but more so when you're much more advanced it's um are you just singing what you want to sing or are you, you going to sing what the hada needs yes like oh <clears throat> i heard that i was like i never thought about it that way yeah. and then, click the light goes on i was like yeah okay because sometimes the, the energy can be one way and then you put in that song and boom you just yeah. bring the hoda to I love. there was
0: i forget where i where i heard the analogy but um, but there was i heard this analogy of um, when it comes to music and the hoda and especially if you're holding the gunga you are the dj right yeah you, it's like being a dj at a wedding and the hoda is everybody's sitting at the tables you know they just had their dinner and desserts and whatever and now you've got to you've got to draw them in right so you start with something that's kind of it's nice, calm and casual and, oh, it brings a few people to the floor because oh they like this song whatever right and then you kind of you got to build up on that energy and you got to know when to when to kind of like speed things up and change you know the tone of the song or the tone of the messages being sung you know mm-hmm. and then it brings more and more people to the dance floor basically and as as when you're running the batteria it's the same thing right you've got to You've got to be able to do that you can't just come out of the gates you know blaring loud guitars and, yeah. and everybody's like nobody's feeling it at that point right you just gotta you gotta have that build up right you know so yeah
1: like sometimes it works but sometimes you need to bring it down here a little bit and, yeah and tank that like because like, you make it gets out of hand sometimes yeah. <laughs> That too. so it's
0: like okay calm calm everybody let's just, 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 just settle down a little um yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's been a big thing for, I mean, it's a personal thing for, on a personal level for me as I've, for the past couple years, been really making an effort to, to understand and, and be able to speak Portuguese. And then uh, going back to the music and then, under, you know, not only do the songs have more meaning to me uh, with respect to what's going on in the hall, though, not identifying what's being, you know, when to sing what and when or where. Or for who, for that matter, because we can't forget that there are some songs that, you know, uh, depending on who, you know, we could be, you know, like in my case, you know, technically we don't have graduados in our academy, but, um, you know, I may, if I'm holding the Gunga and, and for instance, you and Camarao come to, come to the Peja Bateria and I decide to, you know, Start singing you know, Falcon Bateo Mbash to you was like the two of you were gonna look at me like, What are you doing? <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want us? Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Somebody's gonna take the beat and bow from me and say, get in there, right? So um so yeah, I mean it's not only that, but then even on the you know, some of the songs can you can start to relate to on a personal level, right? In yeah. in one way or another, which is uh which then changes Um, having that sentiment changes how we play in the holiday as well Um,
1: you know yeah because you see the game with another lens like every yes the detail is just another lens that you put into your your eye and it's like oh now I can see this now I can see that now I understand this and you can adapt change your game to go with that
0: for sure for sure so one last thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, as someone who, who's been, been teaching and running their own academy is tell me or tell us, and you know, the uh, listeners, um, what has been maybe one of your most memorable or most proudest moments at your own academy?
1: Mm. Good question. I was thinking about that one a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, proudest moments. At my academy where I teach, or in the group itself.
0: Well, you yeah, open it up. It doesn't have to be specifically within your academy, but if if it that's where the moment was, or you know, great. If it's. Um,
1: I remember that one one time that I was really proud because I saw. I saw the payoff, right for something. So, mm-hmm. um, I was teaching a lot uh, from Espinier at his academy. Um, I don't remember at that time if I was teaching my own class yet uh, or not, but. Um, I think i was but um we had an event coming up and we had a tournament and um, i was teaching sequences and uh movements and and, and 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 combinations um and i taught this in class where i, uh, I made this drill where you would catch the person in a chisel de french mm. right they f- fake them out with something fake them out to get get the opening if the person responds accordingly get them with a de french come out and land a scorpion on them as they're trying to get up mm. and so i was doing this sequence and i was like this is a fun sequence i like it you know and this 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 girl he, she's not my student but i was teaching her a lot she applied it in the in the tournament she faked out someone with a male de the flange the person wanted to be a lateral the leg was open so the male leg went behind uh one of the other mm. person's legs she locked in the de flange took her down as the person's trying to come back up scorpio comes and <laughs> <let him> up. <laughs> And she won her division in the competition. Nice. Not just for that, but that was like one big moment. As we went, what? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm sitting there on the corner, I'm like. <laughs> and looks at me he's like, "That's you, ain't it?" I'm yeah. Like, yeah that's, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's the payoff." I was like something. The person applies it at the right moment. I was like, oh, wonderful." Nice. So nice. That's yeah. a proud moment that I had. Cool. Cool.
0: Um, all right. Well, let's just let's tie it off with a little shameless plug. Why don't you let everybody know. Um, where you are how to get in contact with you and uh, because I know all of us have uh, you know, I know we've all been suffering as running martial arts academies you know with COVID so let's uh, let's get a little shameless plug uh, and um, we'll let you get back to uh, doing whatever it is that you're doing in Montreal
1: alright so while If uh, anybody's looking for me, um, my name is Contra Mespirata. Uh, My website is westislandcapoeira.com. Same thing on Facebook. If you look for our page on Facebook, it's West Island Capoeira on Facebook. Uh, That's how you get in touch with us. You can find us on Google uh, Places or whatever. So we're there. No Instagram. Too too much social media for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) That's where it stops. I just want to mention one thing that we were talking about earlier, uh, the challenges of running your own academy. Mm. Um, the business side of it was what we talked about, the publicity, but on the personal side is to have your work, family life, and capoeira mm. for that to work. That's a challenge in itself because if, if it's your academy, it's one thing, that's your main job, you're not doing any other job, but you're working like crazy depends on how many classes you're teaching you could be gone all day all evening because your peak hours are evening when your kids are supposed to be home right so you're sacrificing your family Um, so if you're teaching five six days a week because your academy is big it takes a toll Um, if you're renting time out of the studio you're teaching two three times a week like I'm doing three times but even three times I got three young kids that are growing up so it's three times that uh, well two evenings that I'm not there that I won't see them all day yeah so your main job, your family life, your capoeira life, you have to train yourself. <laughs> so I train mostly teaching my class now. Like that's pretty much what I do. So all of that is 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 a huge challenge because it's not cuz you get to to a teacher level that you stop teaching, you know, everything whether it's formado or instructor or mestre. Yeah. You still got to at least train. You might not be able to train at the academy with everybody else, but at least if you're moving training with your students, going to events, so staying relevant, still staying there in the in the community. That <clears throat> community contact is super important. It's also hard to to maintain at some point when you got all of that going on. Yeah, for sure. Like for sure. It, as
0: well as it's it's very demanding. Um which you know which makes it like it's important that um, that you've got a partner who who can understand and appreciate what you're doing. Uh um, exactly. And, yeah, I know you do. I know you do, for sure. I said, Van has been by your side for quite some time, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, and, yeah, so definitely, um, it's definitely a huge challenge, for sure, because you got to tie that all in, especially, you know, like you said, at a certain point, you something's got to give, right? So, you know, either you stop going to train with yesterday so that you can just focus on Running your own classes and your family and your day job, Uh um, and you know, or letting go of events, events that you would normally travel to. You know, I know here in Canada we have our events season, which is what like May till September pretty much, right? Yeah, and it's weekend weekend after weekend (laughs) after weekend. Just go, you know, it's there's events always going on, and you're getting pulled in multiple directions right yeah. invitations you know especially uh, when when you've reached uh, your level you're getting invitations to to be a guest at those events and and uh, I can imagine that's uh, that can have a toll so yeah it's uh, it's it's <laughs> difícil to uh, maintain a equilíbrio né
1: eh? <laughs> é difícil é difícil. só que tem que saber como separar as coisas para dar um jeito yeah, e não fazer demais. And a bit too much you lose yourself yeah yeah for sure for sure
0: well, listen. I want to thank you. I know we had a little few technical challenges to get started, but we've overcome those. And uh, I'm gonna let you get back to uh, get back to your family and and to doing things there. All
1: right. Thank you for having me. No I feel problem. honored. So thanks for yeah. uh, giving me for this. No uh, great, yeah, great idea for a project. Like I told you on the message, uh, I was actually thinking in, yeah. the, in the weeks prior that uh, we need some stuff like that going on online because we. We can watch it at different times, we don't have to be live at the moment that's going on, but to have that platform going on with, with people in the community, it's like, why not?